Hey there, you're listening to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which is all about communicating the real-life narrative of being an entrepreneurial woman. I'm your host, Alice Burnham, and if you're ready to be inspired and fall one step closer to your dream career, then keep on listening. Welcome to episode number 15 of the podcast series. If we haven't been introduced before, my name's Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK, which basically means that I work with creative entrepreneurs to establish effective online strategies for their business. For me, this podcast is a space where I get real about what it looks like to be self-employed, both by sitting down in conversation with likewise women and by hopefully sharing some of my expertise and what I've learned along the way. I feel like today's episode truly embodies what the name of this podcast is, Starting the Conversation. If you didn't already know, this week's been Mental Health Awareness Week, and sharing my mental health online and talking about mental illness is always something that I've wanted to do but deliberated over. I question how I can play a part in the conversation while still recognising and acknowledging that I don't have all the answers and that no two experiences are the same as mine. But what I have figured out is that we play a part by sharing our experiences and starting or continuing the conversation surrounding mental illness. And that's what today's episode is about. I sat down with the lovely Lola Hode. She's a coach and founder of One Girl Band. And we talked about how mental illness has played a part in our stories and kind of just had this open conversation about what it's looked like to balance that with working for and by ourselves. It's an episode that I'm really excited to share with you because I know it's both a topic which sometimes needs to be talked about more and also a relevant conversation for so many of us. I'll preface by saying that we're not experts, we don't have all the answers and we're not sharing in this episode, um, wait, what we're sharing in this episode is based on personal experiences. As much as I'm an advocate of learning from other people's experiences, what's true for us may not be true for you. So if you're seeking legitimate advice or help with your mental illness, please turn to a medical professional. I know that doctors and counsellors have played a vital role in my recovery and I wouldn't be where I am now without them. But here it is, an open conversation surrounding mental health and self-employment with Lola Hyde. Obviously, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week, and we're going to chat about what it looks like to be a business owner and have mental health. I was going to label the episode Mentally Ill and Self-Employed, but I thought that sounded a bit tragic. (laughs) So so I decided, I don't know what it will be, but if it's that, maybe I'm... I don't know, yeah, I, 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 don't know. I, don't I just know. felt like that was a bit too extreme. Yeah, maybe a bit too much on like the, yeah. Monday morning. Monday morning. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> we don't mess about. Oh, you have to laugh it, you have yeah, to laugh it. That's it. So I'm with Lola. I said I wasn't going to introduce you. Hi, Lola. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the classic podcast introduction. Um, so I'm not sure a lot of people will know you. Will have come mm. from your channels, but if they don't, tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do. Oh, I always struggle with this question, I know it's ridiculous. Um, I'm Layla, I'm Layla Hode, I am the founder of One Girl Band, which mm-hmm. is a collective and co working space for female entrepreneurs and creatives. I am also a creative business coach, writer, podcaster, speaker, just a slashy, just all the nice things you can think of. You sound like you had that first bit like copy and paste. I mean that's real like my elevator pitch that's just ingrained in my head. <laughs> I think we all need it because otherwise we go off on a tangent of like, I kind of do this. Yeah, I, I mean do because I, I do because I, I do do a lot of different things. I, mm-hmm. I have and because I write it so many times, like I do interviews and lot and lots of stuff like this I do just have it in my head without even without me even being like what do I do (laughs) it just comes out so it does sound a bit robotic I guess but um, easiest way to have it then you know that every time you're gonna get it right (laughs) yeah you know you're gonna remember what it is (laughs) what do I do what do I actually do I have that question in my head every day who am I (laughs) what am I doing (laughs) but no that's that's what I that's what I do that's that's the long and short of it um I live in Brighton. I have a border terrier called Barney, who is on my lap. He's joining us for today's episode. He's joining me. He's he's the best. He doesn't look too interested in what we're talking about. No, he... Because we're not talking about him, he just knows. He knows the attention is on him. He's He's not very, very petty. But yeah, that's you. So we're talking today about, as I said earlier, mentally ill and self (laughs) employed. It's like an AA, isn't it? Hi, my name's Alice. I've got depression, anxiety. <laughs> Hi, Alice. I'm just saying it 
everyone now. Like yeah. I just lived with the barista to everyone. It's just I have no qualms. Best way to live life. So tell us a bit more about your story because you didn't start off just as a coach and obviously one girl band didn't make itself. Nice. So tell us more about what that process looked like and I guess how your mental health has kind of woven itself into that. Oh, it's a long story. Do we have time? Go for it. <laughs> So I got into the world of business when I was 19. I started up a design studio called LH Design, original name, brilliant thinking there. Um, obviously couldn't think too originally. And I was selling and designing hand-lettered paper goods, so greeting cards and prints. And I basically got into that after a redundancy from a graphic design job and just realising that I was going to have to create the job I wanted because I suffered so badly from depression and a severe parent disorder. Um, I just, I can't, I can't exist in nine to fives. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't get out. I just can't do it, basically. That's, that's the only way I can phrase it. Um, it's not me being lazy. It's not me being like, oh, nine to five, no, like, that's too much work. Yeah. It's just a, a genuine, just, it, it's, a, it's an odd one. It, it's... When I had this graphic design job, I would have days where I couldn't get out of bed, and that you obviously you have that guilt with mm -hmm. depression anyway of not being able to get being able to get out of bed. But when you have the guilt of not being able to go to work on top of that, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't live yeah. that way. I couldn't do it. So the redundancy happened, and I was glad for it. I actually mm. celebrated, which is a bit twisted. Um, and I knew I just had this feeling that I needed to do my own thing. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know what it was going to feel like, or I had no experience in business. I don't even have a master's GCSE. I don't. I didn't go to uni. I. I a lot of things were against me mm -hmm. at this stage, um, but I just learned absolutely everything I could. I devoured blog posts, articles, books, podcasts, just all the content I could get my hands on about being a small business owner and creating a brand. Um, did all that, did all, <laughs> did all that learning, and then launched the brand, didn't make a sale for the first four months. Real but life. Real life, this is, what am I doing? Okay, yeah. okay. Just kept going, just kept learning, just kept learning from all the mistakes I was making. Um, and then, sort of, so this was May 2014 when I launched, and then September time, things started picking up. And then around Christmas, I did a graphic that said, Shop Independent this Christmas. Um, and then a blog post sort of accompanying it, why we should shop independent this Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, and it blew up. It went viral, as much as I hate that word. Um, and it got my brand known worldwide, which is ridiculous thinking about it, because it was literally just black lettering saying shop independent this Christmas. But mm. the thought behind it and the value behind it yeah. really got, it just resonated with people. And that helped the brand exponentially. I always use that word in this word story, I don't know why. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it just went from there really. And then LH Design grew, it, I was kind of wholesaling around the world, doing trade shows, um, started sort of getting noticed for my Instagram and the things I was saying on there and my blog posts. And I had a blog series called Being the Longer Band Behind Your Small Business. Um, so I was writing about being a manga band. And then I had this realisation that I was incredibly lonely and incredibly isolated. I mean, I was working 12, 14 hour days at home on my sofa alone, praying for five o'clock to come. So my boyfriend would walk through the door and I'd be like, oh, a human, a human <laughs> to talk to. And he'd yeah. just be like, shut up. I've just got in from a long day. Like, I don't want to hear what's happened. Just chat. Mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of seeing all these badass women on Instagram and all social media just doing their own thing, doing incredible things, but also feeling incredibly lonely and isolated. Um, so I just had this thought of let's do a meetup, let's get these women in, into the same room in real life and just show each other that we're all in the same boat because, I mean, I'm sure you know with social media it's... It's so hard to know what real life is. Yeah. So when you're just starting up and you're seeing all these business owners kind of posting about how good everything is and how they're booked out yeah. and everything's <laughs> sold out, like it can feel awful when you don't have that by mm -hmm. then. Um, 
but no one was talking about it at this time. Like, speaking your truth was not a thing on social media <laughs> like it is now. And so I knew I needed to get in, in the same room in real life. So I started doing, I did one meetup and it sold out in half an hour. And I just thought, this is okay, something's wow. happening. Yeah. This, this is needed. Um, and then they became a monthly thing. And then I, at this point, sort of one girl band was like a side hustle for me. It's like a passion project. So LH Design was my full time business. I was mm-hmm. making no money off one girl band. Um, wasn't even charging, it was just a passion thing. And then I think about a year after that, so that was 2015. And in 2016, I thought, actually, I, this is my passion. This mm. is my calling to kind of connect and support and empower women in business and to show them that we're all in the same boat mm. and to just to say it's all right. It's all right if you feel like shit. It's all right if things aren't working. It will yeah. work out. And so I put a website together, made it more of a business. Um, and then... In 2017, God, I'm going to forget all the years. Now. In 2017, <laughs> I opened up the co-working space, it's the Longer Band Space, which is a female-focused co-working space in Brighton. And yeah, now it's my full-time business as well as my coaching. So LH Design shut down in September last year. Wow. So I could focus on Longer Band and on coaching. So it's been a zigzaggy up and down journey and it still is it's always going to be I've accepted that and I love that like Mm -hmm. it's all about the journey not just the end destination um but yeah a lot of a lot of mistakes were made a lot of learning curves but I mean I wouldn't be where I am now without all the stuff that yeah and I think sometimes when you're in those setbacks it's so hard to have that perspective of like oh yeah in a year's time I'm gonna be so grateful this yeah because at the time you're just so like well, you're immersed in it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you're engrossed in it, and you, you just think, this is never going to get better, mm-hmm. and you feel stuck, and that's what it was with, with LH Design, when I was kind of having these thoughts of, should I shut it down, should I keep going, I just felt stuck, like, I would get an order, and I would grimace, and I mean, that's not, that's yeah. not what you should do when you get an order, you should be like, yeah, I need to pack, I yeah. would literally be like, now I have to pack it and that wasn't how I wanted to live my life that wasn't why I chose to be my own be my own boss yeah um so yeah that was kind of that was a time where I had to just be honest with myself and just be brave Mm. and just pull the plug and I totally relate to what you said kind of at the start of you couldn't imagine being in a nine-to-five and I'm totally the same because for me live even just living life as a normal human who Mm. has bad days and good days mm. but kind of combine that with depression and anxiety yeah not to throw such kind of big words around so lightly mm. um I just find if I was knowing that I had to be up at a certain time every day sat at a desk doing something and being told what to do mm. I would just feel so suffocated yeah I just I just couldn't function and I mean I have the utmost respect for people who thrive in those environments because mm. we all we all thrive in different atmospheres and different environments and some people would rather an office job than working for themselves and I totally respect that there's anything. days where I wish I was in yeah office. yeah there are days where you just think wow I, what am I doing <laughs> if I just had a nine-to-five everything would be easier but then you go actually it wouldn't because I would hate what I was doing yeah I wouldn't be able to function I would just get ill and that's what it was it was me just prolonging my recovery and prolonging my illness mm-hmm just to be seen as a normal functioning human being um which which I am now (laughs) (laughs) what does normal even mean exactly what is is that oh I could talk about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this we're kind of chatting about this before the episode started but this idea of you know being I don't know if it's the same for you because he just having a snore over there. Just just so bored of our conversations. (laughs) Not talking about me. I don't care. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. No, go for it. It's nice to have a little friend here as well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for me, having kind of like experiencing mental health issues and having so much control over Mm. what I do, when I do it, where I do it, can sometimes be the best thing ever. But Mm. sometimes it's the worst because. I, I, don't, I wrote this blog post a while ago that kind of perfectly sums it up to about the battle between leaning in and opting out. Yeah. And there's some days where I need someone to be like, no, come on, you can yeah. do this today. Like, get yourself up. Just take a couple of things off your mm. to-do list. That's okay. And there's some days where I have to be like, today is a duvet day. If I'm going to be better tomorrow, I'm going to need to take yeah. today off. 
Yeah, and I think I'm, I never feel like I'm going to get there, but it's that balance, isn't it? Of when do you give yourself grace and say, mm. okay, let's rest? And when do you be like, no, let's push through this a little bit? I mean, it is, it's tricky. I think you only know for yourself. Yeah. It's so hard to give advice on this because it's so subjective and it's so individual. Mm. Um, but... I mean, I know when, I mean, I'm such, I'm, I talk about it all the time, people will be bored of hearing it, but I'm such an advocate for busy doesn't equal success, and the notion of prioritising rest and balance over stress and burnout, and that's because I had such a big burnout episode that I don't want anyone else to go through it, sort of thing. <laughs> um, but, so I kind of, I'm always aware of when I need to step back and when I need to have that time off, but when it's, when it's a matter of deciding it's almost like, not to put it so crassly, but when, which days are most extreme than others, so when mm-hmm. you are feeling yeah. depressed and when you're feeling down, like kind of deciphering those and mm. figuring out, okay, I, I feel like shit, but can I just do a little bit? Yeah. Like, can I just yeah. answer my emails, just do the bare minimum, and that's it, and then mm-hmm. I can have the rest of the day off, or do I need to put everything away, have a duvet day? and just not speak to anyone mm-hmm. and it's really it's so subjective and it's so individual but my kind of warning signs of when I need to just step back completely kind of they they vary but it's mostly when I'm incredibly angry mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm crying consistently like I, I, there's no stopping of crying um and I the work that I would usually love to do just fills me with dread kind of thing and that's when I'm like okay mm-hmm. I need to take a step back and yeah. have a couple of days off have a week off mm-hmm. and just see what happens at the end of that and not forcing it yeah so not kind of sitting there and going I need to be working why do I feel so down I need to be working this is so inconvenient yeah. yes it's inconvenient but the more you force it and the more you go if, if I just keep pushing then maybe something will come out nothing it's like watching a pot boil and yeah. paint dry and everything like that. Like it's just not gonna happen because you're so focused on what you should be doing. And mm-hmm. should is just I can talk about the word should that <laughs> as well. Like with, there is no there are no rules to what we're doing, there are no guidelines. Like we're the first generation to really be doing this, to be mm. creating our own jobs and creating our own businesses and acing it, basically. Yeah. And there is no rule book because we're the first people to really be doing it. So who who is saying that we shouldn't have a duvet day every so often, or we mm. shouldn't step back or have spare time? And that, again, I could talk about for hours. This notion that we can't have spare time yeah. is ridiculous. That word hustle, I hate. It's on my, I've got a list on my phone of things, like controversial <laughs> things I hate, and hustle is on that list of like, I just, just can't stand I can't. it. I can't. I, 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 I honestly see red when I see some guru or expert be like hustle every damn day and just no no like we don't need to and that is mm. what's glorifying busyness and it's what's perpetuating mental health and self-employed people yeah and I don't know about you but I've been there like I had yeah. the like a year in my business where I hustled and I mm. didn't see any of my friends mm. and I always talk about it I'm like I'm okay talking about how much money I made then because I don't make that now. I'm like, I had so much money. I yeah. just spent it on crap. Mm. I didn't, yeah, didn't see anyone was in hotel rooms Monday to Friday and then got, went on holiday for a week. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm mm. so unhappy. I hate my mm. job. And it's like, I was hustling for a whole year. Everyone else was like, she's so successful. Mm. Go her. That's amazing. But whenever someone said that, I was like, I'm not happy. Oh, this no, isn't something I enjoy. Yeah. And I think there's always going to be that point where you burn out. I think it's such a short-term thing, isn't it? Oh, Running that hard. Yeah, I mean, my burnout, I mean, I fractured my skull and broke my nose um, because I collapsed from exhaustion and burnout. And I was in hospital for a week. And even then, I was still working. Mm. I was in the hospital and I paid 30 quid a day to get internet so I could do my emails, do work. And it took a nurse saying to me, like, you are killing yourself and you're prolonging your recovery just because you think this is the... Like, I, I genuinely thought that's what business owners did. Yeah. Because that's all I would ever read, was hustle every damn day, mm-hmm. and no spare time, like, burn midnight, yeah. or everything like that. And I genuinely thought yeah. that's what we needed to do. When people put up Instagram stories at their desks at 5am, yeah. I'm like, stop. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> you want to... If that's how you work, yeah. cool, do it. But don't 
put it on there just to be seen as busy because yeah. busy doesn't like busy shouldn't result in success. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like burnout and mental health, it is. I think it's hard deciphering between the two when yeah. you do suffer from mental health issues, but. I, I mean, I knew with that burnout because I had, like, the physical yeah. attributions of it. Um, but with just general down days and bad mental health days, mm. it is really, it's just stepping back and giving, just being a bit kind to myself and giving, as you said, like, giving yourself grace. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help, does it? We almost, I, I do this at least, I'm really self-inflicting in that mm. I'll have a bad day but still be scrolling through Instagram and yeah. see other people having these really productive days and someone's just launched a new product mm. and someone else has flipped out for the next three months and I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> put your phone away. Yeah. Like, I've had to get, I last year I was quite good with it. I like had kind of set hours of when I'd be on my phone and when I'd post and when I would look. I'd like literally schedule in time to look so I wasn't looking all the time. Mm. Um, and then sort of towards the end of last year that was dropping a little and then I had this realisation that I was addicted to my phone again. And I now just keep it in another room when I'm working. Yeah. Or when I'm not working, if I'm just watching Netflix or anything <laughs> like that. I just, I can't be near my phone all the time because I will, my hand is just glued to it. Yeah. And I think that furthers those feelings of comparison. And mm-hmm. that then furthers feeling like shit. Yeah, and I mean, how do you? I'd be really curious to know how you find that balance because I'm sure you'd cringe if I said that you've got like a big online following. But like, fifteen thousand people, I feel like is a good little group that's yeah interested in your life and yeah. little, little community, little, little mm. club. Um, so how do you find that balance there? Because I think we all get it. it. That balance isn't it between vulnerability online mm. and just oversharing and mm. being a bit of a kind of open mess. What does that balance kind of look like for you in terms of what you share? I mean, I like to think that I share as much of the bad parts as I do the good parts. Mm. And I've always been quite hot on that and kind of speaking my truth and showing the realities. I mean, that's what One Girl Band was at the beginning, like showing the realities of having a small business because I felt like it wasn't being talked about, um, which was why I burned out and everything like that. And I think the, the things I don't share are things to do with family and friends, the things that mm. I don't aren't necessarily just affecting me um but the things I do share are the stuff that just affects me so mental health and (laughs) I'm trying to think like what I'm gonna edit that bit out um yeah like mental health and like bad days in business Mm. and just being honest and just trying not to perpetuate this this notion that having a small, having your own business is glamorous and that yeah. I am a success because I have 15,000 15, mm-hmm. Instagram followers. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And compared to other people, I'm not. And I, we all have our own versions of success, of success. And I think that is why I talk about it so much because we all do, mm-hmm. but we get drawn into other people's versions and we go, why don't I? Yeah. Why am I not doing this? If I if I was doing this, then I would have that kind of thing. And then you have to go, do I actually want that? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you don't want that. Yeah. You don't want to be travelling abroad. You you don't want to be in meetings all day, or you don't want to be writing a book, because writing a book is really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's so much stuff that we just need to sit back and check in with ourselves yeah. and go, okay, is that what I actually want? Um, but to actually answer your question, as I said, I go on tangents a lot. <laughs> It's it. There there is a fine line, but it is mostly just I w- I won't post about things that are affecting other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like family issues and friends and partners and everything like that. Um, but you just you just with experience, you just kind of you get you get more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so it's so weird to say it's 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 it sounds bad, but it makes sense if that makes sense. You get more vulnerable, but it's a it's a vulnerability that is in t- like ties in with your brand. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's true. Yes, it's one hundred percent authentic, yeah. but it, it still has that element. Yeah. Of, what's the word? I mean, it's still curated, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I say I I get into these arguments with like taxi drivers <laughs> or stuff. You ask what I do, and I tell them, and they go, "Oh, it's so fake." Or even people mm. that you know, I'll say, 
everyone everyone's feed is curated mm. and then someone will jump in with like well mine's not I share every side of my life yeah and I go yeah but that's something you're choosing to do and yeah. I think even when we have these amazing channels and platforms that mm. we engage with people on and we think yeah that's them to a T you meet them in real life and you think who you are online is who you are in person mm. but still what we're putting out there is going through that internal filter isn't it definitely and I think it's recognizing that yeah there and is it, that it's, process. It's saying that and not thinking it's a bad thing because it's mm. not it's it's not you being fake. It's not you being a bad person. It's not you saying like oh look at me staying in this hotel that I haven't paid for and everything like that. Like it's it's just keeping it's protecting yourself really. It's protecting your boundaries yeah. and I don't think that's a bad thing. So for instance, like I am different. I I, I am me when I go to speaking events. I'm me when we've got meetups and me when I have when I am face to face with our community and my clients and mm-hmm. anything to do with business I'm me but I'm even more so me when I'm just with my mates at the pub yeah like I don't sit there with my mates going no one is you and that is your power yeah. do you know what you should do you should do this like I, I don't sit yeah. there kind of throwing out these one-liners or mm-hmm. or giving them coaching advice and that's because it's just a different version of yeah, and it's that's not, not fake. It's yeah. just, it's just a different how it is, isn't it? Yeah, like you, it, like how you said, you meet people that you kind of follow online, and you're engrossed in their content, and you love what they do, and then you meet them in real life, and you're like, you are so different mm. to how you are online. And I think it kind of goes into if if it's like a stage persona, then I do feel a bit weird about that. that. Mm. But then I also think it's protecting themselves. Yeah, you have you just have to protect yourself, and if that is yeah having different versions of you, that's okay. Yeah, and I think when I know for me when I'm in a vulnerable place, mm. of, even with I mean we're talking today about mental health, but I think what we talk about is relevant to everyone because mm. we all have bad days and we all have stuff that kind of gets us in a rut. But I know that when I've sometimes been going through a really rough couple of days or a week, I've not talked about that online, mm. and anyone that saw me on Instagram or my weekly emails or whatever would still think that I'm doing A-OK because mm-hmm. I've known actually for me, I'm so vulnerable right now, I just need to kind of keep yeah. things going as they are and when I'm ready to talk about it, I am. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I've battled with being like, no, that's not fake, that's not insincere, actually, that's mm-hmm. just me doing what I need to do. Yeah, that's just you protecting yourself. And yeah. I, I'm exactly the same. Like, I don't really post when I'm in the middle of something. Um, mm-hmm. So if I'm in the middle of a bad period or literally a bad period or a bad period <laughs> of time, <laughs> like, I, I don't... I don't really talk about it until I'm out the other side. Yeah. And then hindsight's the best mate. Yeah. And then I can kind of give more quality in what I'm talking about mm-hmm. rather than I just feel shit. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's perfectly okay to do that. I just, I think there are no rules in what we're doing. There are no guidelines. No. And I feel like we've got to stop chatterizing. That's the word, isn't it? Yeah, chatterizing. Mm, kind of a big word. <laughs> <laughs> like sizing people for doing either or. Yeah. Like, there is no wrong or right way. At the end of the day, what we're posting on social media, like, we are, we're taking part in this popularity contest. Yeah. And no one's going to win. Yeah. And I always remind myself, in the big picture, in the big it doesn't picture. matter. No, it doesn't. Like, yes, you're growing your yeah. brand, and that's great, and that is important, but it's not the be end and end all. No. No one's going to look back on their life and think, darn it, I should have done that on Instagram. Yeah. I should have started doing stories like that. Yeah. Why didn't I use that font? Like Exactly. And, like, say you broke up with your boyfriend and then you posted it on Instagram about this breakup, like, right in the middle of it, and then you hurt him. Mm. You would be devastated at that and you'd go, okay, that wasn't worth it. I mean, yeah, it got a shitload of likes, got all the engagement, grew the brand, whatever, but it hurt the person you care the most about. And that's yeah. when I kind of, that's when I do it online. Yeah, if it's gonna affect another person, that's like my boundary. Mm. And then I think it's flipping it on the head as well. Also, if it's gonna affect you, yeah, that's different. I know that yeah. I've done stories before of just like one story where I've said like I'm having such a bad day, mm. and then I get back these lovely replies of people yeah. being really caring. But then I'm like, I feel a bit bad now. I wasn't putting that out there to get this back, but actually no. doing that almost became this kind of pity mm. party. Mm. And it's just it's like you said, it's it's our platform is ours, and the way that we want to use it and show ourselves on it is our own standard isn't it but I think I just always have to question why am I doing this yeah and I think it's important to just before you pay something go okay what's what's the purpose of it Mm -hmm. like what is the meaning behind it is this just a vent if it is that's 
that's fine. But maybe then, like, in real life to someone where it's not yeah. going to stay forever. But then again, that, like, it, it's so hard because you don't want to, you don't want to censor people. And that is, I, I am always about speaking the truth and being 100% honest. Mm-hmm. But it is really just thinking, is this, am I going to, not regret posting this, but is this going to help? Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I always think, are oh, my friends going to see this and think they didn't already know that about me? Mm. And then I'm like, okay, maybe that's a step too far if that's not something that... Yeah. yeah. At least yeah. It, but it's different for everyone, that's not me saying. Yeah, that should no. be everyone's boundary, but I think it's always that. You've Just, got to yeah. come to your own conclusion Come to your own boundaries, work yeah. out what they are, and stick to them. Yeah. But they don't have to, they, they're not going to look like everyone else's, and that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, this is probably a bit of a controversial topic. I might upset people. But... I'll say it very straight because I'm not always good at saying things politically correctly, so mm. I try my best. But mental health's a bit of a buzzword, mm. and it's a bit of a thing that, like you said earlier, and I don't mean it, this isn't why I post about it, but it gets engagement, and people respond well to it because it's something that's relevant, and it's something that's topical. But I know that I've had to stop myself sometimes when I've gone to post something about mental health because I thought, am I just posting this because I know it's something people are going to like instantly engage with, mm. or it's going to be this real, like, mm. yeah. I don't really know how to phrase that, but yeah, I just no, feel like that's I something totally I've always been a, why am I doing I just always have to ask myself yeah. before I post anything, why am I doing this? How do I want this to make people feel? I had it, I think it was last year or the year before when it was Mental Health Awareness Week or, or Day or some international mental health day. <laughs> There's so many hash- international There days. was a hashtag on something. <laughs> and I remember posting saying I was going to post on this day, but then I thought, is this becoming just another marketing ploy? Is this just another hashtag to use? But then, and I, I put this, I put, like, I I was hesitant to post today because I don't want mental health to become just another marketing ploy, just another mm. hashtag. But then it's also equally as important to put these words out there to help the people who are suffering. It's such a balance, isn't it? Mm. I just wish that in, like, my ideal world, everything would be in a box and everything would be black or white or yes mm. or no. But nothing is. And I think mental health is one of those topics that says being self-employed. Yeah. And I think it is, I think it is so important that these days exist now. These hashtags do exist because this is how we're taking in information Mm. at the moment. Like this is how our society is working, which has its good and bad points. But I think if there's an opportunity to write about how I felt when I was young, to write about how I feel now and to maybe help a girl who is at that similar age mm. as I was and to kind of give insight into it and to show that you do survive it that, does get better yeah and I never believed it when I was in whenever I'm in a rut whenever I'm having a bad day whether it's a two-month rut or one day mm. rut people say you're gonna be okay soon I'm always like no no, no chance off, I'm not you're an idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like never time is a great healer I that when people used to say that to me when I was younger I just give them a death stare but now, oh, I hate to admit it, but it is so, so true. Perspective is yeah. a humbling experience, that's yeah. what I found. Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to talk about it. Mm. Because people in the midst of it don't have the gift of perspective. Yeah, but and do. it's so individual, isn't it? Mm. So nothing that we've talked about is, is true for anyone else, it's true for no. us. Yeah, And I think it's that thing of it, speak your truth, but always, I think just always question yourself. Yeah. I think that's the only thing I'd say, it's always mm. question why am I doing this? Yeah, How do I want this to make people feel? But mm. I think that goes with anything we share. It's funny, when I, I did a post a couple of weeks back about my skin, because um, as you can tell, I'm suffering quite badly from adult acne at the moment, and I didn't put that on there to get the reaction it got. Mm. But it it got a big reaction. Um, and like just people saying, like, oh, I'm glad this is, no one's really talking about it. And I thought a lot of people were talking about it, to be fair. Like, I always see it, but maybe that's, again, like, yeah. echo chambers and bubbles that we're in. Um, but, I mean, I put, like, a, a bare-faced picture of me on my Instagram feed, and, it, and there's no cohesion. It doesn't, it, like, it's very, like, stand out from my usual images. Yeah. But I put it on there because I knew that just by me talking about it might help mm. other people. Yeah. And it helped me because I got so many lovely messages from it mm. that it was one of those moments where like okay I felt sick posting it and I nearly yeah. deleted it as soon as I posted it but I'm glad I did because yeah. it, it gave value in some way or another yeah and you posted that from the perspective of you're almost a bit further on that journey you're not yeah. kind of in that rut of like no. 
absorbed by how awful it is but no. you've almost got that perspective of like it does get better and I feel yeah. this about it I'm past the point if I look in the mirror and cry <laughs> I mean occasionally I will have that odd day but it, it's again it's just hindsight mm. and I think that is such a gift for people who are in the middle of something yeah and I mean for me doing I kind of call it my business number two since because mm. I literally took six months off and was just depressed for six months mm. like I thought it was going to be two weeks and then every week I kept extending it and yeah. I'd be like oh next week I'll be back at work next week. <laughs> and it was like six months later I was like I should might was get that back to work normal, like not normal but was that self-employed or yeah so yeah. I was self-employed for a year mm. worked only with corporates okay so I was totally absorbed in corporate world and mm. had no idea that any of this like small business community stuff no was going does. on <laughs> so I was just like head down working hard yeah and kind of I realized I needed to take time off because I took a week off and then I remember I was, it was really it was a bit of a dramatic story in my head. I was on an aeroplane. I was going skiing or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was in the plane and I didn't, there's no Wi Fi, there's no connection. Mm-hmm. There is now, there isn't there on some planes. Apparently, yeah. but yeah, wow. like ones to far out planes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, anxiety. <laughs> oh, panic disorder. Oh, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember just being on this plane and I wasn't connected. I didn't have, um, I wasn't working for that week. And just mm-hmm. having this moment of like, I don't, there's nothing. Yeah. And it, it sounds really dramatic, but I think I really felt that at the time. Mm. And I, I know I had this feeling when I stopped my business for a week, I was like, the world's going to stop turning. Everything's going to crumble down. The world's going to end. And then I was like a week in, I was like, oh, no one seems to have really cared that I stopped my small little business. <laughs> like maybe I was a bit absorbed in it. And then mm. obviously took that six months off, lost all of those clients and then relaunched with small businesses. And since then, I've really understood with like with One Girl Band and all those different community spaces across the UK, actually how much it, it benefits you to connect with people oh, that are in the same place as you. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but anxiety-wise or panic disorder, I found it really interesting because I go to events, mainly mm. in London, but I'm so confident with these people online. And then I turn up and I'm like, I'm so awkward and so nervous. Mm. This is interesting balance, isn't it? Of like connecting with people online is incredible and it's such a great platform to reach out to anyone regardless of where they are and what they do. Mm. But also it's this thing of like actually that nothing beats meeting in person. And I don't know. It's such a fun, like I, I have the opposite. I don't really? know why. Yeah, I, it's not that I struggle online. I, I guess I struggle to know what to say online, mm. <laughs> which is ironic because I'm a writer. But I like with like on a one to one connection, I do struggle. But with face to face, it's weird. I can walk into a room, kind of do a talk in front of hundreds of people, and feel okay. Like, yeah. I won't feel a hint of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I feel a little bit of nerves, like a normal person, mm-hmm. but I won't be just overcome by yeah. anxiety. But then I would go out of a work situation and just go into a normal socializing setting and I would be a mess yeah. I would be having panic attacks in the corner and it, it's I feel like and I think I've spoken about it before but my work and my kind of my um my career I almost think of as like a blanket mm. it's kind of like a security blanket for me so like yeah. I can go into meetups I can go into events and I'd be fine and I talk normally, and yeah. I have no hint of panic going on. But if I go to the pub or an airplane or <laughs> to a gig or to somewhere where I don't have that blanket of my career, it sounds so weird out loud. But if I don't have that blanket, yeah. I panic. I totally get you though, because mm. I'll, I'll be around friends and I'm just like such a loser and mm. really boring and weird. Oh, I'm just so And then nerves. for some reason, when I'm like, <laughs> In a work setting, I just feel almost this, not elevation in the sense of, like, arrogancy, mm. but in the sense of, like, okay, I know who I am, I know what I'm doing, yeah. and, and I feel really confident is. in that. Yeah, it's but, the power yeah. of knowing who you are and knowing that, in a, in, in a slightly arrogant way, that there are people there who value you. Yeah. And I think I think that's okay to say. Like, yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing to kind of admit. And I, so, in, in short, I, I have more trouble in... Like anxiety-wise, in situations that aren't to do with work, mm. so I can I can go to events and I would be fine. Um, but yeah, in in other times, I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a Sophie inept monster. Because <laughs> the thing is that for me, it's the idea of when I've not got a structure or almost like a something to tell me what to do. Yeah. So events-wise, if I know where I'm going, 
or if I'm with a friend, that's yeah. so much easier. But for mm. me, like the thought of walking in any room, oh, it's a, and you know that moment of like, okay, I don't know where it's I'm just gonna big walk thing. in. Like it is a, I admire anyone who goes to events on the on their own. Yeah, I mean, you must see it at one girl band where yeah. they just when people up. come to meet ups by themselves. I'm like, you are cool. Like I, I want to be, be a friend. I, I want to be a friend because I prob I couldn't have done that two years ago. Yeah. I couldn't have done that when I started my business four years ago. Mm. And I mean, I remember the first meetup we had with Bungo Band, and obviously I had to get up and introduce myself and say what we were doing and just talk a bit about it. And my friend, because my friend came with me to support, and then after she was like, "I've never seen you speak like that. Yeah, I've never seen you speak in full sentences without you looking down or." like checking the door or like fan because I found myself when I get panicky. That's the whole thing. I found myself when I get panicky and she's like, I've never seen you so calm and comfortable. Mm. And I think it is because I just feel like it's my calling. Yeah. And I just feel like me. I yeah. just feel like that's that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yawn. Oh bored so of you shut up. <laughs> I just feel like it's me and I don't need anxiety. Mm. It's, it's so fun. interesting, isn't it, that we always feel that release when someone puts you in a position and they're like, you're here to do this. Whether it's ourselves that put us in that position or not, mm. it just feels so different. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, our brains are amazing. Yeah. Like, I can sit on Skype with any client, but the second the doorbell rings, I'm like, who could oh, it see, be? I can't do Skype. I can't do really? phone calls. Because when I, so when I had, like, my, I had a breakdown when I was 15, 16. Mm. And no, <laughs> a little bit earlier. So I first got diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was 11. I was in first year of secondary school, so year seven. Yeah, and wow. So you were quite young then. Especially yeah. in that day, it wasn't... No, it was, in that day, but... I, yeah, back, back in those days, <laughs> all of those 11 years ago. <laughs> but it wasn't as talked about, was no, it? No, I was berated constantly. Like, school were always saying to my mum I was faking it. Um, they called the police on me once because they thought I was... It was I, was a whole thing like literally ridiculous I can't even go into it because it's so stupid but I was made to feel like I was a monster and that I was seriously ill or I was made to feel like I was an attention-seeking little brat yeah and that I was faking it but the reason why I'm not good at phone calls or Skype is because I in that time when you're in like the first year of secondary school you're always on the phone to your mates in the evening, like you're always calling each other. Mm. And I didn't have that. So I, this is my theory. This is no way proved <laughs> or anything. But my theory is I'm not good at phone calls because I didn't have the chance to get the practice yeah. in. I know that sounds That's so, so interesting odd. though. But because I missed out on that, yeah. because I was so poorly, and I didn't, even when we moved, when me and my partner moved um, out of our family homes and moved, Brighton when we were 17 I would make him do all the phone calls so like British Gas council tax mm. anything he would have to do it because I just couldn't I just couldn't. and I can't hear very well either so I can't even hear what people are saying yeah. it's just the whole thing it's so interesting now, though, isn't it <laughs> how unique mental illnesses are yeah you can have we, the same label but your experience of it oh, is 100%. just totally different there's no cookie cutter is 100%. there really? and I think what you said earlier about kind of depression and anxiety being buzzwords they are but we all experience them so differently yeah okay. oh it's it's I, I love talking about it because it brings up people's journeys and people's experiences mm-hmm. with it and I think that's just so fascinating yeah and I think for me I found when talking <clears throat> about when I first started to talk about my mental health because I wasn't okay with the fact that I was mentally ill mm-hmm. I would talk try and engage in these conversations which would put everything in a box and kind of quantify everything and make mm. it all make sense. And that's kind of my journey. I hate those kind of like, <laughs> well, like season or journey. I yeah. sick when I say them. Like, as time went on. Well, I was in fall and then yeah. spring came. Just the idea of season. Or when people talk about a season, it's a week. I'm like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> as I kind of went on that process of it, like kind of coming to terms with like, okay, I'm mentally ill and that's fine. Um, I think I realised the conversations went in the direction of like, actually, let's just share. And there's yeah. there's no there's no part of that conversation which is trying to understand everyone or put everyone on books mm. or give everyone a diagnosis or a way out. It's just like, here's my story, what's yours? Yeah. I think those conversations are so valuable, aren't they? Like, let's just talk about it. Like, I wouldn't have accepted my mental health illnesses so well if it wasn't for music. 
at mm. that age. Like I was, I was listening to bands and listening to artists that talked about it and made it seem like not such a bad like because I was being told by everyone that I was bad, that I was mm. a troubled kid because of because of not going to school because I was so ill and yeah everything like that. And but then this music was telling me actually no, like this is fine, this is normal. Mm. Like yes, it feels awful, but you will get you will overcome it. And if I didn't have that, then I don't, I really, I know everyone says it, but I don't know where I'd be. If Mm. I didn't have the solace of music and the solace of creating and being, just being a different kind of kid. Like I was always Mm. just a bit odd to some people (laughs) and I'm fine with, like I'm totally fine with that now, but at the time I just thought it was the worst thing. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, hindsight. Mm. Beautiful thing. Your best. No. Is music something that still helps you? Like, what do you find when you're missing? I like calling it a rut because I feel like then it's like something I can get out. Yeah. What kind of helps you when you're in that space? Um, stepping back definitely. So taking time off. Um, I took a month off last year. I took all of December off, not because I was in a rut, but because I knew if I kept going, I would be in a rut. Mm. So kind of deciphering where. Yeah. And having experiences, I think, helps you with that foresight because you're like, okay. Last time I tried to do this, it really didn't work out well. So yeah. maybe this time we'll do that a bit differently. Like experience is the greatest teacher. I always say that. You've got some great, great like I know. I'm just like <laughs> a fucking fridge magnet. Honestly, it's awful. <laughs> I just hear myself speaking. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it is. I found myself saying to like my mum or something. The other, I was like, you're exactly where you need to be. And I was like, Lona, get off my head. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of Relic Design that was my job was to write motivational yeah. but it's good because then people you have that association don't you of like <laughs> I'm a parody of myself I know I am <laughs> um, but back to your question I think yeah music is definitely something that I mean it's just it's part of my day to day life I mm-hmm. don't even notice it as being like a medicine or anything yeah. like that um, talking of medicine I was on antidepressants for three years and I came off last May. And let's talk about meds. Oh, that's a fun topic. I love it. <laughs> and it's a funny one because I obviously I was ill from eleven. In I was ill from eleven. There's yeah. no end point yet. Um, and I was constantly told I was, but they were basically just trying to medicate me from the get go mm. from eleven. And my my mum was trying to medicate me from then because she she was medicated and everything like that. But I had such a stigma against it. I almost felt like it was admitting I was crazy. Yeah. If I'd gone on them. And it wasn't until I was 19, 20, where I had a really good GP. I still have her. She was brilliant. And she just said, some people just need a little help. Mm -hmm. Like, you just need a tiny bit more chemicals just to help the chemicals in your brain. Yeah. And I just realised it wasn't a bad thing. So yeah. I started taking them and they saved my life 100%. Like yeah. They saved me from a lot of dark days. Um, you like It's a weird feeling getting used to being numb because that's what you are. Yeah. Numb for a little bit. Like you do feel numb. But then I just felt free yeah. by being numb. Yeah. And I didn't have the panic attacks in shopping centres anymore. I didn't I didn't feel so bad. I couldn't get out of bed. Like They just helped me function. Mm. And then, I think it's okay with being, sorry to interrupt no, no, you there, no. being okay with the fact of like, actually other people, they're at level zero naturally, and yeah. it's okay that I need yeah. to take these tablets to get to that point. Exactly. Like, it's just, a, you have to think of it as like a ladder. It's just someone yeah. helping you up the ladder. And if you need to be on that ladder your whole life, that's fine. If you yeah. need it for six months yeah, with counselling, totally. that's fine. If you don't, Yeah. It's so different for everyone, it isn't is it? It is so di- And I think that's what I didn't know. So at the time when I was saying no to drugs it was because I was told all the bad stories I was told mm. you had nothing you became a shell of yourself you it was a bad thing to go on the blah 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 um and it wasn't until I started kind of reading content out there and listening to people say actually it's not that bad yeah it, it just helps you get on it just helps you become yeah slightly normal whatever normal is um and I had so I was on satyloprime for three years was and I also had the best therapist in the world who she was a psychotherapist who just literally like I, I know I've said it but she saved my life time and time again mm. um and so combined it was great yeah um and then I came off then stopped seeing her last May and it just it's been fun that's so encouraging it's been okay oh, that's exciting. <laughs> I think I always I'm always wary of saying I'm cured like yeah. I'm done kind of thing because I think if you do suffer that's 
on that's just your makeup that's mm-hmm. just that's your brain and that's okay that's okay mm-hmm. to say that um it's not you like you're not defined by your brain chemistry you're not defined by your mental illness or by your depression or by your anxiety it is just you are you not in spite of them but because of them yeah but not because of them so it's <laughs> nah. let's cut that out that made no sense okay <laughs> But yeah, you're not defined by it. And when I realised that, that made mm-hmm. it so much easier to go on yeah. to the drugs and to see the therapists and to do all the stuff they tell you to do. And exercising, oh my God. For yeah. years when people said, oh, exercise. I was just like, shut up, I'm not exercising. Yeah. And then I started going to the gym in January and it's it's helped so much. I'm Tough so annoyed about it. I know, now. I'm honestly so annoyed that it's helped so much because for years people told me that yeah Yeah. and I struggled with like I think because I felt so I was so in denial for about three months of my six months off of like no I'm not mentally ill I'm Mm. just burnt out Mm. and I guess it's it's two different things but they often mesh don't they yeah 100% and I think I had this thing of like when anyone suggested exercise or going outside or seeing friends more to me which obviously isn't true but when I was in that place to me doing any of those things would kind of recognised that it wasn't a mental health issue. Mm. To me, the only way to deal with mental health was medication and counselling. Mm. So I was like, give me all the drugs, mm. I'll go to all the counselling. And I didn't get any better because I was still, for me, doing things that weren't helping. I was sat yeah. in bed absolutely all day. But then I think it's okay to sit in bed all day. Yeah, like when well, it's people, different for everyone, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like when people, I think you have different days. When people say, you need to get out of bed now, like, come on, just get up, just get up. That is the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. at that time. Like I, I experienced a lot of that when I was younger because my parents although they both have suffered from mental health issues, they didn't really understand my mental health issue Mm -hmm. because we all have such different ones. We have different stories. Um, And when I was told, like, just go to school, just get over it, just blah, 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 I I couldn't. The guilt would be a thousand times worse Mm -hmm. and you would feel a thousand times worse. And I think that's why I'm so careful about giving advice with mental health because I don't, it's not a cookie cutter. Thing. That's all. That's the thing. And I think the more you experience it, the more you're like, what works for someone is totally yeah. different for someone else. Yeah, 100%. And it's just a different experience. It is, yeah. And I think we just, we help each other, don't we, by talking about it. Yeah. And being willing to listen and to yeah. say, oh, I'm really glad that worked for you because actually that wasn't mm. my story and that wasn't yeah. what helped me. But I'm glad it's worked and everything like that. And I think mm. it's funny, like, coming into running a business and suffering from mental health as well like I felt a lot of I felt like I had to keep it hidden for a very long time I felt like I couldn't really admit that I was having these problems as well as running my own business and having the problems of that yeah um but it wasn't until I started opening up about it through content and saying just just speaking my truth about it and talking about it that I realized actually it's not a hindrance it's helping Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a massive kind of revelation. And I always say it's breakthrough moments, isn't there? Of like, yeah. I know that I had some of like, it's okay to be mentally ill. And then yeah. like, I am mentally like You have to take yourself yeah. these baby steps, don't you? Of like, okay. And then you look back and you think, oh my gosh, that oh looks so God. difficult okay. in the time. But now you're like, honestly, brilliant. I just think back to like my 14 year old self and I go, wow, you got through that. That mm-hmm. was amazing. And at the time, I thought I wasn't going to live past 20. Like, yeah. I, that I always remember thinking I'm not going to see what my 20 is going to look like. Wow. And I think that was probably why I didn't really plan what I wanted to do. Because like, you just thought, because I just thought that like, I'm not going to reach it. I'm not going to get there. Um, and then when I did, I was like, oh, oh, I'll do something now. <laughs> now I've got this <laughs> what, what am I going to do? And I think there is, there's still that thought of I'm not going to reach certain milestones. But, mm. but I've got the toolbox as my therapist used to call it I've got kind of the tools I need to get me through it yeah and that's why I feel like I'm not 100% cured but I'm like 90% there yeah and I think milestones is such a funny one isn't it I guess you yours were almost not positive but in a way of mm-hmm. like yeah that's amazing that you've reached that point but for me the start of a month or the start of a week or the start of a quarter or the start mm-hmm. of a year I found so difficult because mm-hmm. I was like how has it been two months and I'm still mentally ill how is it my second birthday of being mentally ill? And then I think I had to have this, I think it was my boyfriend that said it. He was like, you're just going to get down every time it's the first of the month or every time it's the start of the week because you might not be here by then. And yeah. I think I had this mentality of like, 
well, next year will be better, or next week will be better. Mm. I think we have to rid ourselves of that pressure of, because you're not, you're not in con- control. And we yeah. can do stuff to help ourselves along that journey. And I'm yeah. not a therapist, so I've got, not got one nice way of wording it, but <laughs> we can't snap our fingers and be better. And I think no. the quicker I learned that was a yeah. real moment for me. Yeah, because you're right, we can't put that pressure on ourselves. We've already got so much pressure. We, we can't keep putting it on ourselves even more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. Something to talk about that. Yeah, I feel like so much. The more I like delve into these podcast episodes, the more I just end with talking about it's a balance, isn't it? <laughs> it just, it just is like what it is. Because <laughs> I mean, like, there's so many topics that we just can't cookie cutter and say this is this no, and that it's because no. of that. We can't have snappy one-liners for everything. I'd love and to. I'd love to. I literally would love to, but we can't. And I think it's important to. I think it's important to talk about to notice that and to mm. say that. Just, just, just to give our insight into it and hope it will yeah. help another person. That's all I ever want to do. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not claiming I know everything. Even in business, I'm not claiming I know everything. No. I just want to try and help at least one person. And I think when we hold on to that truth of, if sharing our story online or if talking openly about some part of our life, whether it be mental health or something else, is going to help one person, actually, mm. then it becomes worth it. And I remember mm. that's almost what got me through. Yeah, that dark season was thinking, well, maybe in a year's time I'll have a good story to tell. And there was, I feel like we've gone on for ages, so I'll try not to no, end no, it. No. <laughs> Such a long episode. Um, part of my um, depression was I used to pull my hair out. Mm. And I remember looking, I had this huge bald spot on the top of my head. And I remember looking at it in the mirror and thinking, I didn't believe it, but I thought maybe in a year's time it'll be grown out and then I can tell that story. And I remember just being that year on and being like, oh, it's kind of, I think we almost <laughs> forget to stop ourselves and be yeah. like, look where I've come. Like, almost celebrate our success in a way it wasn't until I got invited back to my school to do a talk on mental health and self-employment and everything like that and showing that university wasn't the only choice which is ironic because when I was there it was the only choice there (laughs) um it wasn't until I went back there I think it's three four years ago where I was just like okay I've come quite far like I've, Mm -hmm. I've, I've done okay yeah and seeing all these teachers be like I'm sorry that we didn't handle it very well when you were here and kind of getting that validation I was just like okay this yeah I'm, I'm okay it's I'm gonna be all right yeah and it was such a weird day honestly it's so funny it must be such a like full circle experience of yeah I mean the cafeteria smelled exactly the same that's all I really remember from it but it was just it was almost just like a aha like you didn't think I was gonna do okay but mm-hmm. I'm doing all right now okay. yeah I was, I was like no, and there was an element of that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was just, uh, again, hindsight, 100%. Yeah. Do you ever think it's fascinating, like, what am I going to look at about where I am now and oh think, God. if only I knew that, or like, oh my gosh, you're about to experience this. I just think like, would you, if someone had a book that had your whole life story, would oh. you read it? Someone asked me the other day a similar question. Mm. They were like, would you rather find out when you're going to die or how you're going to die? Oh, I don't And want, it's just that thing know. of like, if you found out these certain things about your life, would you just be living in anticipation That's of it? The thing. You would live differently. Imagine if you found out, like, your dog, not your dog's gonna die. That's no, really sorry. It's never gonna happen. I was about to say, as a better one, your boyfriend's gonna die. <laughs> to me, is that better? I do really love my dog. But like, imagine if you found out some devastating thing happens next week, yeah. and then you just would have the most messed up, like, yeah, I, I, I don't would never read that book. I would never read it because I've I like my life so far has been and, and I hate to say it, it has been a journey and yeah I if I'd known any of this was going to happen I would have laughed in your face mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have lived the way I lived yeah it, I, don't think, I don't think anyone would read that book like no. seriously I don't think anyone would pick it up and read it I think I'd maybe maybe would choose to have like 10 years later me from now yeah. give me like a word of encouragement or mm. see like one thing that I've done well and I'll be like okay that's the future self that. that's future self okay. is so powerful like, am I going to get like a Labrador puppy at some point or like just ask the big questions you know <laughs> that's, all, that's the most important thing <laughs> will I have puppies <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I feel like we talked for ages I'm sure we could talk for longer oh I could say so much but I don't we might bore Barney for much longer yeah. he's having a rough time <laughs> he is <laughs> So there it was, an open conversation with a wonderful Lola Hode. It was a long episode, so pat on the back if you've made it this far, but I hope you've enjoyed listening in and hearing more about our experiences and thoughts surrounding mental illness and self-employment.
Off the back of this episode, I'd love to encourage you to share your experiences with mental illness. Whether it's played a part in your story or you've walked alongside somebody that has, I've recognised that there's so much power in sharing it and vulnerability surrounding it. I'd also love if you connected further with Lola and the incredible work she does through One Girl Band. If you're a female entrepreneur and a seeking community, as you navigate the ups and downs of self-employment, One Girl Band is for you. Check out the show notes at alicebenham.co.uk forward slash Lola to find out all the different ways that you can get connected with their platforms and communities. But that's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we shared. So connect with me over on Instagram and let me know what topics and guests you'd love to hear from next. Thanks for listening.